This is episode 157 on The Herpreneur Show. Today we have the incredible entrepreneur and author, Mariam El-Huli. Welcome to The Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. Do I have an interview for you today? We have such a great story about a struggling startup that suddenly gets caught in an incredible wave, a pandemic, and how this business flipped overnight and became a global success. We are talking about vegan skincare. It's still made by hand, by people, not by actual machines. Today in Melbourne, it is such an incredible story. I am recording this introduction in a wardrobe because I don't have my microphone set with me at the moment. So hopefully this sounds clear enough. Please forgive me if it doesn't. But today I wanted to give the cahoots because this interview really goes into really, really smart business at the back end and you're going to get some great tips and tricks. What I also wanted Mariam to do was to give a piece of advice at the end as we normally do. Now, that morning, I am getting pretty close to the Herpreneur event, ladies. It's next year. And when I say I'm getting pretty close, it's I'm about to sign a contract for the largest conference event in uh, Sydney for women entrepreneurs with an expo attached to it. And I really have this very strong desire that I want to bring health and fitness into entrepreneurship. That morning, before her interview, I just put a prayer out there to the universe and said, please just give me a sign if I'm on the right track. I know it sounds weird to mix health and fitness and wellness with business, but I truly believe this is what women need and this is the conference I want to throw. But it's a lot of money and I want to make sure. <laughs> give me a sign. And at the very end of this interview, you hear Mariam answer that question for me where she talks about when you're scaling your business how important it is to look after yourself so mariam i didn't actually tell you that so thank you i know you'll be listening to this replay um i got goosebumps and i thanked the universe when you actually said that because i got my message so ladies you will be hearing more about the herpreneur event it starts in february next year huge event expo attached to it. it's going to be fantastic but to get the ball rolling I want to dive into helping with your health and fitness, your wellness, your mindset, and your business today. So you jump on the Herpreneur underscore Australia at Facebook. It's a private community for female entrepreneurs. It's just started, like literally today. We have just opened up the gates. Jump in, start following the group, and we're going to bring you cutting-edge education to make you the best version of yourself physically, mentally, making you have great energy, helping you kick bad habits, addictions, helping you clean up your diet and helping you look the best you can be for you, having you absolutely thriving. That's what that community is about. It's open today. 
So jump on in, support me, support the show, and that's where you're going to start to hear a lot about the Herpreneur event coming up. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Mariam Elhuli, the founder of Eve's Skin. Enjoy. Thank you, Annette. I'm really thrilled to join you today and to tell you all about my journey. Now, Mariam, I would love to start with sharing with the ladies of the audience where in this beautiful land of Australia are you right now? We were in the western side of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, it's four seasons in a day. Anyone that knows Melbourne, <laughs> we don't, unfortunately. There's no such thing as summer or winter here. Um, we always have a jacket and an umbrella on hand because you just don't know. That's right. It is. It's, it's the best way to describe Melbourne, four seasons in one day. Real. I would love to jump straight into it. You have an incredible skincare range. You've launched a mineral makeup range two years ago. You're also an author. Talk to us about, share with us the story of Eve's skin. How did it come along? I'm not a big skincare, I wasn't a big skincare user or even a makeup user when I I started Eve's. Um, I had gone, I've done many businesses before Eve's that all failed. Anyone that's in business knows there's so many, there is so much failure and the success rate is like very, very minute. So I had just closed up before COVID hit um, a boutique I had here in Melbourne and we lost our whole, I was scammed and I lost over $300,000, all our life savings from that. So oh yeah, it was it, yeah, it was devastating. And and as I said, anyone in business knows this. That when the downs hit, they're very hard. As mm. as the highs are high, the lows are lows. Um, and uh, you know, closing that down. I I'm a mother of five, so not working is not a luxury for me uh, because we were such a big family. Mm. So and I've got very very sensitive skin. Like although I'm from a Lebanese background, I think I've got skin that burns under a light bulb it's that it's that bad wow and a few months before closing my boutique I was just researching what's affordable that I can use on my very sensitive skin um it's not going to take really a lot of time and that's gonna you know help me that every time I go out I'm I'm not just you know it's not drying up and it's not burning so Mm. from research I uh, found a compounding chemist researched what ingredients work together and before we even called it Eve Skin I trialed the product and I, and I didn't have money, which is the interesting thing that I always tell ladies. I only had $169 to my name. Wow. That mm. doesn't buy you hardly anything to try out with. So it's very, very, like, you know, I think it was a couple of products um, to use on myself. And then I got family and friends saying, wow, you know, your skin's improved, texture's improved, what are you doing? And I said, you know, I've been trialling these you know, these little products, organic products out. And they said to me, well, why don't you, you know, sell to us and sell to the neighbours and to the friends and and maybe you can get, you know, another little bit of an income, sort of like a little side hustle from home thing. And I, I, and I remember I didn't even have enough money to buy the labels. So I had an Afterpay account and you know, everyone now uses Afterpay, or a lot of people do. So I bought the, I found a, a small business that would allow me to use my Afterpay account to purchase labels. Because wow. now I was going to sell them to friends and family. I didn't want to just sell a bottle that had nothing on it. So, mm. and, I, and I remember starting off with 10. And when I sold those 10, the profit from that, I started getting 20. And then more people started asking me, well, this is really good. Why don't you, you know, try and make a website and, and maybe you can make a bit more money on this. And, and that's exactly how it started from selling 5, 10, 15, 20. And, and the website started growing slowly, slowly. But then 
as it was just going about to take off, as I was thought, okay, oh my God, this is this is going to be not only a side a business for me that I can live off and that I enjoy, it, it might grow to something big. COVID hits, and as you know, the entire world where pandemic hits. But in Melbourne or in Victoria, especially, we were nearly in lockdown for two two yes. years and a little bit. No yeah. one was going to buy a face mask when people were fighting over toilet paper in the supermarket. Like it was just that, that bad. And every time I'd look and I went through depression because every cent I had went towards, you know, yeah. buying more products. And every day in, in one of the rooms, I had them all there. I just look at it and I just wanted to throw it in the bin. Like what's, what's the point? I had no more money. It's not selling anymore. No one was interested until I learned a very important lesson. You sell the problem you market the problem and then you market the solution the product mm -hmm. sells itself mm -hmm. and then when when that clicked to me people were getting mask acne so i we reworded everything our marketing strategy the way we sold and it just went boom because of the mask acne because people were getting really severe especially in victoria severely dehydrated dry skin from masks all day yeah. they needed the skincare to help them and by by pure chance and luck i reached out to an editor on facebook in the middle of the night i kid you not and i still got the messages and i told them i told this editor of the daily mail my entire stories with images and the next day i was gobsmacked when they said they will run half a page for me about eve skin Amazing. Uh, and from there it went just bigger and then black friday had come along and we sold in that couple of days over twenty thousand dollars this is long from zero mm -hmm. to, to that big yeah and then it's like a snowball effect um it just grew it just grew from there of course yeah. still with a lot of downfalls and a lot of you know but it, it got the momentum that i was dreaming of yeah and you mentioned the most important thing about selling which is you've got to solve the problem talk mm -hmm. to the problem because if yep. we're just talking about the product and this is for all you ladies the biggest problem that we and as you may or may not know listening Peter and I my husband and I run the sales institute and so we teach reverse selling and reverse selling is a consultative way to find out the person's problem so we can sell from a beautiful emotional way instead of a push and for marketing, the most important thing for marketing is you want to talk to the problem because if you're just talking about how great your product is and what it looks like and the packaging and all that type of stuff, that is not going to solve the problem. I used to work in health clubs and we could turn health club sales around within one training day because we teach the staff not to tour a gym, not to show this is the pool, this is where the gym equipment is. We would talk about what's your number one priority? What do you want to do? Is it weight loss? Is it fitness? Is it this? All right, it's weight loss. So where are the areas you're not happy with? Cool. Let me show you some things that you'd like to do with that. Like, And, and we, would we would match a product to their problem. That's exactly what Mariam is saying, which is that was the number one key and the gift from above to say to her. Oh. The mask, 100%. the mask in Melbourne, we were in an incredible, horrible situation. She was about to walk away, throw all her products out. And then she gets this incredible idea. Boom. I need to, I can solve a problem here with the masks overnight. 100%. I've learned that women, and this is, and this is as you grow your 
business and as you talk about bit networking a bit later that that's that's how people grow businesses and brands it's networking it's who you know that can help you and help each other but women buy emotionally men buy for status and as i've dig deeper into the selling the psychology of selling it's just opened so many doors and i wish i'd learned this before we would have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars on useless strategies that don't work if i had understood the point before women are emotional you as you just said you have to tap into their emotions and the way you sell because our skincare is not just for women we have men that purchase but we market to men because men purchase on status and there's mm, a big difference in the language that you use the other thing is what's happened for mariam is the exposure ladies the one that wins in life is the one that has the most exposure she had her product had not changed her messaging changed and then she was able to get from reaching out because she was at a wit's end to reach out and suddenly get this overnight exposure. Let's talk about what you've done for social proof in Marion, because you've done social proof in incredibly well and then you managed to score a big whale, Tammy Hembro. Today, 16.1 million followers. Um, can we talk about the social media influences, what made you get on that bandwagon and just some tips for some of the women they're saying, hey, how do I score a big whale like Tammy? When I started doing influencer marketing, uh, I actually did it the wrong way around. You know, if, if time was to come again, I wouldn't have spent that much money on influencers. What, what I would have done is build my email list because that's your cash cow. From day one, I only started building my email list, you know, probably the last two years properly. Um, and that's what makes you money. So if, if someone's listening, don't invest all your money into influencers thinking, you know, that's that's what's going to get your return on investment. Because most of the time you don't get any sales from these. Yes, it's social proof. But if you've got a limited amount of money at the start, you probably put 90% towards building your email list. Uh, making your back, sure the back end is great, and then 10% towards influencers. And again, you don't go using influencers thinking that you're going to get your money back. You use them as shop, as I say, Instagram, especially for us, or Facebook, but we're more active on Instagram. It's like the shop front window. 99% of ladies, when we want to purchase a product, whether we've seen it on Google or friends told us, the first thing we do is go to Instagram and check out the Instagram page before even stepping into their website or seeing if the product's good or not, we want to see what does the shop front window look like. And then when you have, you know, um, like Tam, we've used a few of Tammy's sisters as well, Emily and Tammy and the rest of them, when people see that, you know, a few big influencers uh, have endorsed your product, they're more likely to go and head to your website and check it out. Where, you know, whether if I didn't have them, maybe people wouldn't have been inclined to go and to be very transparent, I, I only use big influences when we had, when I grew my business substantially and was able to get on a, we have a, an investor that's come onto Eve Skin that's poured hundreds of thousands of dollars into it. And I'm very open and, and honest about it because what happens is a lot of ladies starting up will say, well, I've been two years, three years, how come I'm not as big as, you know, this brand or this brand? And I always say what you see on the outside is not the complete truth. There's a lot of things that businesses do in the background that you have no idea about. 
There's mm. there are silent investors. There are loans they've taken out. It's not just people starting from scratch and making it into seven eight figures. You know, just by luck. So that that's to be honest and transparent. That is incredibly powerful education there because you are right where a lot of times it might feel easier to try and get your products in front of influencers, but on a rainy day, you can't control a sale where when you have your mailing list, even if you've got a small mailing list, ladies, on a rainy day, on a slow week, on a slow month, you can use your marketing and directly get into their hands or in their eyes with that. Yes. So I think it's a very important point to to all the listeners when they're looking at the competitors, when they're looking at another brand, whether a startup or whether wherever they are in their business journey, to understand there is so much more to meet the eye than maybe the business is letting you believe. And don't Mm. feel bad that you're not at that stage because everyone's journey is different. Now, back to the influencers, what I've discovered and learned in the last three years, and we've spent probably in the last three years over, I reckon, $100,000 just on influencers alone. The ones that have the very big, big followings aren't the ones that are going to get you the sales. The nano influencers, the normal girls, the normal mums, the girls that have a couple of hundred uh, followers um, that genuinely like your product or love your product, they become your fans. And, and they're the ones that are going to give you the return on investment. Mm. So we call them micro influencers. And what did you call them? Nano influencers. We call them nano influencers. Yeah. Is there a difference between the nano and the micro? Because the micro, I think micro is around the 5,000, isn't it? Where nano must be tiny. Yeah, nano is under usually 1,000 or 2,000 or a couple of hundred. They call them nano influencers. Yeah, interesting. Let's talk about investors. We've got women on Hagen. Oh, wow. Hey, I've been in business for a while. I'm wanting to grow, but I'm needing more, more cash. I want some either a silent investor, such as an angel investor, or I, I really want to have somebody help grow. What was your reason? why you're waiting to get an investor and what's your experience with that um to be honest they approached me I was at the you know sort of not the big growth spurt but I was doing okay for myself our name had started to get out they wanted to come in and the condition was I stay CEO you know I'm not a person that I take everyone's opinion on but I have a vision for Eve Skin and where I wanted to take it and the important Mm -hmm. thing for me was to be still in charge of that vision um, and to be able to grow. And I was really happy that their vision was aligned to mine and mm. they were happy for me to keep going the, in the direction that I was going in and, and it made it work. And with that money, we were able to, you know, grow a bigger team. We were able to use those big uh, influences. We were able to have an extraordinary amount to use towards Facebook ads um, and being able to sell overseas in Qatar. We had a launch there as well. So, you know, I think I was very lucky to have uh, that chance and opportunity and, and I'm really grateful that they saw that they believed in the dream as well. Mm. What's well, something that you've really learned by having investors that you'd say to women, just some a piece of advice if you were to get into getting an investor on or if you're going in that angle, what have you learned? Oh, I've learned a lot. It's, it's, it's very hard when you have other people's money with you. And, and sometimes you can't, even if you're the CEO, you can't really have the freedom to make all the choices yourself. You're very conscious that these other people's money and, and for investors in general, 
I'm very passionate about Eves, but end of the day, there's numbers and there's, you know, quotas and there's visions that you need to sort of meet. So you have to be really careful, you know, with what the investor is expecting because it's not smooth sailing. Every day mm. we've got a problem. We've got a cash flow problem. We've got a logistic problem. We've got stock problem. The problems never end. And the bigger that you want to grow, the bigger your problems are. Yep, exactly. What what was the growth for you in the back end behind the scenes with, you know, the manufacturing it, being able to keep up with supply? Take us through that journey. So when before the investors came along, I was still um, just running from home, but every single room was occupied. Uh, but I could have literally, that's what, and I've got still images. And when I look back, it makes me laugh. It's every single room to the point where my kids were saying like, this is ridiculous. We just, we want to get out of bed and go to the corridor. We're toppling over boxes. There was no room, but I couldn't afford to hire out a warehouse because then all the profits were going. I, I didn't take a pay for me, but every mm-hmm. cent needed to be reimbursed. So when, when the investor came along and they said, look, you know, we're going to have to get a warehouse. We're going to have to buy and get the manufacturer because it's all Australian handmade. We have to manufacture it um, and get pallets worth of products. You know, you waiting to sell out and then get that money to buy more products is not business. That's just, you know, that's just a joke. (laughs) So we started working, um, you know, they aligned things. I don't, I didn't have the experiences that they did with business. I'd always opened up little things, but I didn't know the logistics sides and, and, you know, how you're supposed to have a lot more stock than you're, you know, anticipate to sell. So they streamlined everything, to be honest. Um, they did all the back end and, and, you know, it's really great. It was a big learning curve for me to also sit and watch and see how the experts do it instead of me just, you know, oh, well, oh, we've run out today of masks. We better make another order and get everyone to wait three, four weeks now. Yeah, yeah. And do you still make it by hand? Is that what I heard you say? Yes, it's all in handmade in Australia using organic ingredients. Um, and we don't buy stock to like, you know, we just get enough stock to probably, you know, an extra couple of months worth because yeah, it's fresh. And, yeah, yeah. The idea of it is to have the freshest product uh, possible, not to mm-hmm. sit and store things for six, seven years in a warehouse. It doesn't have a long shelf life, probably mm-hmm. eight months, probably 12 months max, some products, yeah. some even six months. Wow. Then two years ago, you thought, well, let's rinse and repeat this and go into mineral makeup. Take us through that journey. What was the decision to add on to a new business? After COVID, I'm, as I said, I'm not a big fan of makeup. I don't wear a lot of makeup. I don't even know how to wear a lot of makeup anyway. I thought I didn't have time <laughs> to wear makeup, but my sister is a big passionate, a big makeup girl and never into organic things at all. Um, she's into the big brands and as they say they cake the you know this generation loves to cake the makeup on and one day we were talking and we were saying and I was telling you Emma and I was saying Emma do you know that your skin absorbs a quarter of the products that you put onto you your skin is your biggest organ and all that crap that you're putting on is going to cause you so many problems down the track and she's like really well what's the alternative I said well there's there's things that God created from the earth that you can use a mineral like a mica mineral and, and we started talking and it was just talk at the start. Um, and then she came back a few, she goes, I've researched it. And, and do you want to, I don't know how to market. You've got the expertise now, but I know how to sell it. And I know everything about makeup. Uh, and, and, and also Mike is also handmade here in Australia. A small company makes and we went and visited them out and, 
and we that's how we started Micah as well. I used my expertise um, in marketing and her knowledge in in makeup, and and we and that took off as well. Yeah, wow. And how much easier was it to re rinse and repeat a business? With a similar target market, did you find that it got you off the ground faster this time? Now you're oh, too. Oh yes, oh yes. Because Eve's, I reckon, you know, the other day we we're having this conversation with one of my marketers. We have lost close to half a million dollars in Eve by learning. Because mm. every education. time, yeah, oh the yeah, education of what not to do, right? Exactly right, and not and every mistake. Because especially when you're doing Facebook ads, at one click of a button, we lost six thousand dollars. when you don't know what you're doing the loss is very big Mm. and 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 when I had the motor you know motor stall it's very different than e-com and and by the time I understood that I had saved myself hundreds of thousand dollars with Micah because I knew what not to do maybe not what to do but what not to do yeah what not to do yeah definitely yeah it's it's the university of what not to do. That's what yeah. you, you pay five, what is it, half a mil? Yeah, <laughs> you're we're close to, yep. yep you I haven't lost it. it, it's your university. It's it's a degree that you can't get in the world paid more than that. That's right, exactly. Now, speaking of university, you've obtained a Bachelor of Literature and Composition from the Griffin University. Yes. You have a best-selling book, so I would love just to talk about that because the olive tree has really got people talking and moved people. Can we just change the angle of this conversation and just go down just a little bit of the olive tree, what made you write it, and just, yeah, share the journey about being an author? Yeah. So my Bachelor of Literature that I did took me 10 years, and and as I've become also a public speaker and a business coach, I tell women, I had my oldest son at 16. And I'm, as I said, I'm a mum of five. It took me 10 years to complete a, a degree that should take three, but it didn't matter because I was, you know, because during the five kids, I'm either breastfeeding or pregnant or doing something and it never finished. But but it didn't, didn't matter because I always wanted to finish. So I always tell people if, how long it takes you if you're passionate about something. Life's going to go ahead regardless so why not do something you love and I've always been passionate about writing especially fiction and I write fiction with a purpose you know with a message out and I always say it doesn't matter how many products you sell you can't change a person's perspective or you can't influence or touch a person's heart but a few words on a page and I've received so many messages from around the globe from people about the olive tree that I never did with Eve skin Yes, people, you know, their skin improves and they love it. But when the product finishes, it goes to the bin. No one remembers marrying. Where's the legacy in that? So when COVID hit, I had made a pact to myself that, you know, life's too fragile. Life's too short. And I am going to publish this book. And if I can change one person's perspective in life, because it talks about war and I've experienced two wars myself when I was overseas. If I can touch one person's life and, and, you know, change their perspective about war and that children pay the ultimate price in any war, then I've done my bit. And I was really, really shocked when it went to Amazon number one in three categories. It was on the New York billboards as well. It's gotten, I think it's gotten more coverage and more attention than Eve Skin and all the other businesses that I've done combined. Mm. Um, and, and just the messages that I get from people really, really touch my heart. And, and that's my passion. Um, Eve Skin is an income and something that I like, but writing mm is my passion. And without having the courage to pursue um, a business, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to pursue writing. Yeah. 
Beautiful. So well put. And you can just hear it pouring out of her, can't you? You can just hear that passion. How can we support you, Marion? What what are some ways that we can support you? If everyone wants to sort of get to know you more, uh, want to follow you, what's the best way for us to support you? Oh, I live on Instagram, my love. You can I'm always there. I'm at Mariam.alhuli. I share my writing, I share um my business tips. Uh, you know, I share a lot, you know, a lot of different things. It's like, it's like a cocktail of a page, but and I hope that, you know, it will inspire and guide you to grow um, your business and your personal life as well, because in, yeah. they're intertwined. Love that. That's right. It's all life, isn't it? Um, I would love to just finish the interview with just best piece of advice. One for the startup. Maybe she's scared. Maybe she's just going for it. Whatever it is, you've been there plenty of times. And a piece of advice for the lady that's in the growth phase. For the startup phase, I would tell you, do not do the same mistake that I did. Do not launch a million products. Start with one. Build your email list. Build your audience up. Once you have an amazing product, you can add more. And don't believe people that tell you you have to be passionate about that product because passion doesn't pay bills. (laughs) Passion has never paid bills and it will never pay bills. You need a product that sells. Mm. Once you have obtained the audience and your email list, you are able to open up as many businesses. You are able to pivot because you are not a tree. You can do whatever you want, but when you are financially stable first. So that's the biggest advice that I can give to a a person that's a startup. Fantastic. So sound. So sound. And not always what people hear. This is what I love because you said you don't have to be passionate about it. How many times do people feel like I've got to do something I'm passionate about? But you're actually saying the most important thing because startup is the most stressful time because you just have made the leap and you need to make cash. And when you don't make the cash, it hits your confidence like nothing before. Like you feel like the biggest failure when you're not making money because you're thinking, I've left this job or... It breaks up families, Annette. I've seen it. I've experienced myself yeah having no cash flow going to that leap and thinking that you need to be passionate when there's no money gets you a mental disorder literally I was on breaking point I personally went to a psychologist it's tougher than I think people need to stop making a startup phase as a rosy following my passion sort of thing it's very dangerous (laughs) it's the biggest roller coaster in the world yeah it's very dangerous on your mental health on your family unit on your relationships with everyone around you so I think we need to get out of the dream and come to reality mm-hmm. sell whatever works full stop three lines under that whatever's going to sell and bring money is what you're going to sell the passion line we can join the train next year the year after when we are able yeah. to fantastic you're rocking it sister I love you love you Piece of advice for the woman. She's in the growth phase. She's killing it, but she's ready to scale. Now you've scaled, you've got investors, like you're going global, like let's go there. I think two pieces of advice and one I recently learned the hard way and I actually attended a seminar um, and learned this. Do not build your emotional self in others because you will be rendered homeless. And why I say that to business is because as you're growing, you have suddenly have a new lot of new best friends. You suddenly are networking and marketing with other people. And sometimes we put our trust too much in these people. And when things go wrong, 
we, we find ourselves in shock. And that's personally for me, I've learned to put boundaries up as I have grown each step of the way to not only protect myself, but to protect my sanity. Can you give an example of what that would look like? Because I haven't heard that piece of advice. I think it's incredible. Is there, is there a situation that you could share? Yeah, definitely. So what I mean by that in, in, to, in a business sense of form is when you're working, you know, let's say, let's say you bring on two marketers for your business mm-hmm. and you start building an emotional connection and you trust them that they're going to love your business just the way you do. Yeah. You know, you don't triple check everything after you. Uh-huh. And, then, and then what you find is that you've put so and that's not the other person's fault. No one said to put that trust and build that trust in the other person. That's onto you. Mm-hmm. And then you find the other person wouldn't doesn't care Mm. you know you've lost thousands and thousands of dollars and to them it was just a work but Mm. you took on that relationship a Mm. lot further than what they anticipated Mm. to yeah and and then it works in your your private life or your personal life with new friends or new new people that you meet you know on in the online world especially you think that they're your best friends and and you know you've helped them in so many situations and and then you want you expect that you know they will they'll be there for you when you need a hand and it doesn't happen Mm. it doesn't happen yeah and it's interesting because as, and I know you've got another piece of advice, but just to write the coattails of what you've just said, when you're hiring, let's just say if it's the team, no one normally is going to work as hard as you and no one's going to be as passionate as you because it's your baby. You've, you, you birthed this thing from the first, the idea, and then you've gone over the coals. So when somebody has come in, as you're saying, that you think that you've got this incredible relationship or trust with, normally no one, unless they've got skin in the game, they're not going to love it as much. But I love what you said, which is really important, which is inspect what you expect because, and not that you want to micromanage absolutely everything because that sometimes can also suffocate your team members or whoever you're working with. But if you're, if you're paying for a service, you want to inspect what you expect. If you've got someone doing your Facebook marketing, you want to inspect what you expect. You want to look at the stats. You want to compare them. You want to see how they range compared to what you're doing, even with your team members, inspecting what you expect. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a fantastic piece of advice. Thank you. And the other one is look after yourself. You're growing especially if, you've, if you're a mum and you've got kids and we've got a partner and you've got an extended family. I'm, I'm the oldest out of 10 kids, so we've got a big family. I've got five kids of my own. I, I came to a stage where, and I still do this, I tell people not to do it, but I still do. I don't sleep much. I'm on a couple of hours because I do Zooms and meetings all around the globe and, and Australia's just the worst time zone ever. But look after yourself first. And I've started to do Pilates. I've started, you know, making some time for me, because I am my valuable, I am my only asset. Mm. And I've learned this the hard way, you know, as before we went on live, I was telling you, that I went through burnout so many times. If I can't look after myself, I'm useless to everyone else. Yeah. And, and if I can't be healthy for myself and for my kids, then no amount of money in the world, no amount of success in the world can bring that back. Mm. So look after yourself, ladies. Well, she's speaking my language, ladies, and you know it. And I'm going to say it again. This is why I asked the very last question in the interview is what's the one thing you do on a very regular basis? Because my background was health and fitness before I stepped into entrepreneurship. And then even I had burnout. And you're thinking, how could someone know about health, know about fitness, still have burnout? Because you start to put the stress builds up 
you put all your other wellness stuff to the side because you're just thinking about working and getting the money in. And, you know, there's normally a breakdown before a breakthrough. So everyone that's listening, um, that's why I've actually launched the Herpreneur underscore Australia. So if you go to Facebook, it's on LinkedIn as well. It's a community of female entrepreneurs. It's everything from piece of advice, but it's about helping you stay fit and healthy. As a female entrepreneur, we talk about supplementation, we talk about exercise, we talk about the parasympathetic system, the sympathetic system. Sometimes you do have to crank it up because you're launching a product. This is going to be your safe place to go. And I am going to throw this question to you, Marmion, to finish the day. What is the one thing that you do on a very regular basis that gets you away from your work gets you back into your body, out of your head and makes you the happiest version of you, what activity would it be? I think the last couple of months has been going and getting a regular massage. Mm. Not probably fitness, but I mean, I've, I've started personal training and I've started what you just said, maybe in the last six to 12 months of actually slotting in personal training time, Pilates time, yeah. martial arts. I've actually, that's just as important as any business meeting, as any school meeting. That's my time. But I think the massage for me, the, the remedial massage especially has been a time where I can just go for half an hour, turn off the ever pinging phone of mine that, you know, sometimes you just want to throw in the bin and just close my eyes for 30 minutes. Yeah. Think of nothing. <laughs> And as soon as those hands go on, you're like, oh, I made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, on my back, on my head, on my shoulders. I don't know how I'm in so much pain. It is because it's even if there's no physical world in e-com, the mental toll is just insane. Mm-hmm. Can I just mention um, many, many years ago when I was personal training, the first health club I really got into PT because back then it was, you know, pretty much for super, before there was like for superstars, personal training yeah. now, you know, yeah. it's done, yeah. doesn't, but um, it was ladies health club. And I used to get so many women of a Muslim background or anyone that actually wore the scarves. And because it was ladies only, they would go into the health club and they'd take their scarves off to exercise. And it was just such a beautiful freeing thing for me to see where they, and if we ever have men every now and again had to come in to fix a piece of equipment, you know, there's there's no entry. So we have to go, ladies, we've got a guy coming, he's gonna fix the 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 bikes, and then they'd go and they put their scarves back on. But the one thing that I have never seen in my life, which I just heard you mention, martial arts. Oh yeah, I do. I've done pole dancing as well. I do a lot of different things, my dear. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes, I um I've started the kids and my husband. So my husband's a very big on sports, always has been. I really, I've just joined the bandwagon, but I've started to go to jujitsu. Um, the kids do as well, and I've told just told my daughter, you know, I'm gonna, I tried it out, and I'm gonna go back and do it because it's, you know, something good for self defense for girls, for my daughters to learn, and I, and I'm just gonna join. But yeah, I've dabbed into many different things, and as I said, I did pole dancing for a while, although I'm scarred, but I just done one on ones, and I really, really love it. Yeah. It's an amazing sport. The stigma behind it is bad, but believe me, it took me months to get get up on that pole. It does. <laughs> I've amazing. done pole dancing, and it's um yeah, I, I, I'm not allowed to go back apparently because I've done a back injury and I'm yeah, it's finally 
It's very, very hard. Yes. Well, the back injury was actually from overstretching, but um, just took my hips out, but did pole dancing for many years. I would ask, do you wear the grippy tights or do you get down to your knickers as well? I know you said it was one-on-one. It's women one-on-one. So there's the shorts that the club had um, uh-huh. and just a tank top, but it's one-on-one because I'm yeah. scarved. Yes, um, yeah. you know, it's clothes. I just hire out the, you know, the trainer for the hour yeah. and I did that. And I absolutely love it. And and this is a thing with sports. You don't need to be from a particular religion or background or, you know, you can do whatever you want to do the, the way that makes you feel comfortable. There is no excuses. And, I, and I've told that to myself. There is absolutely no excuses why in this day and age, I do not look after myself and age well. And by the way, today's my birthday. So at 34... I need to start aging well. Well, I feel very privileged that she's on the Herpreneur Show today. Big happy birthday. And I'm so Thank glad you that you touched much. on the health and fitness because it's a very big part of my life. Hence it what is. We're doing it is. Now. So important. We need to age well. Yeah. yeah. The, the Herpreneur events, ladies, that we've mentioned that are coming back, believe me, there is a huge health and fitness part in it. Um, it's not your average conference where it's going to be. So um, I really appreciate that Mariam jumped on that and, and expressed that because that's more important as we up level. We want to make sure that we are up leveling our health as well. Thank you so much for an incredible interview. We will Thank have you. the links below for everything, uh, the olive tree, Eve makeups, the mineral makeups, and obviously so we can follow you on Instagram. Thank you so much for a great interview and enjoy the rest of your birthday. <laughs> Thank you so much, gorgeous. It's an absolute honour to come on and speak to you and meet you. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, message that you're meant to hear today if you love the show it means a bunch to me sending me a message on facebook or on itunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released until then make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know i'm out